Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 23, The Motown Letdown with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on our new home. The Inside the Rink Podcast Network, InsideTheRink.com, is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BetUS.com with the promo code RINK. For a 125% sign-up bonus, that is B-E-T-U-S dot com. Again, use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid, BetUS dot com. And you can bet on Tiger Woods in Augusta National. Yep, going to be there at the Masters. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I wonder what the odds will be for him to win again. Probably high, I would say. You would no. think so. Probably think so. Um, all right. Weekend review for the Bees. And it started out with a bang, March 31st, versus the New Jersey Devils, an 8-1 to one win, a bloodbath. Josh Brown fights 38 seconds in his first shift. And Mark McLaughlin from Bill Ricka, Mass, becomes the fifth mass-born player, to score a goal for the Bruins in his debut. The only way you can really respond to that Toronto loss. Yeah, it was a pretty good rebound win. Uh, there was really nothing to complain about. All the guys who subbed into the lineup played well. You know, like you said, Brown fights early, uh, although he got dinged up later and did not return. Injuries seem like they could be starting to become a little bit of an issue. Uh, McLaughlin does score. Riley gets an assist and sticks up for McAvoy after a big hit from Miles Wood. Bleed was a past hit hitting, drew, uh, drew a penalty from Subban. So uh, there was contributions from just about everyone on uh, on the roster for that one. So it was a, a pretty good team win. Yeah, it was. And, and then April 2nd versus Columbus. You know, the train keeps rolling on. 5-2 to win. It was a good win. Team played well. Jeremy Swayman shaky early, and it, it will continue foreshadowing. Right there. Eric Haller with two goals continues to be fitting in really well in his second line center role. And Brandon Carlo with his first ever power play point. <laughs> That's incredible. It really is. Just just getting out there, you know, by luck of the draw sometime late in a game somewhere, or, you know, in a blowout yeah, either way. Maybe yeah. sometime. Yeah, they 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 played well. Probably probably a couple goals Swayman would have liked to have had back. Uh, lead to the game being tied at the end of two. Uh, the Bruins get the power play goal from Hall in the third, and then uh, two empty netters to seal it. It was closer than the final score indicated, uh, but in the end they get the two points. And at this time of the year, that's really what it's all about. It is, and they would get two more points two days later at Columbus. As they go uh, home and home with Columbus, three to two win in overtime. It's a good win for them. DeBrusque with two goals. Marshan has the big hiss that leads to the goal, injures uh, a Columbus player, and DeBrusque ends up scoring and burying the finish. Good to get both of those wins against Columbus because it's not easy to beat a team twice in a back-to-back scenario. No, it wasn't. And uh, you know, Jake gets a couple, including the OT OT winner, uh, twenty-one for him now on the season, late. 
in the period goals and power play are still problems, and they have been mm-hmm. for a while. The Bruins uh, are tied for first with 16 goals allowed in the final minute of a period. This is just recently. I think the numbers are, are worse than that if you go over mm-hmm. the course of the entire season, including uh, overtime and so forth. But uh, they have some things to clean up. Brown and Riley together in this game. No, thank you. I'm, no. I'm, I'm all set. No, I'm all set with that. Uh, Freddie and Pasta got dinged up and didn't return. So that's something to, to monitor going forward. Uh, they need to get healthy for the playoffs, especially Pasta, if they want to do anything. Sit him for the rest of the regular season, as far as I'm concerned, because you need him for the playoffs and you need him to be 100%. So you need to do whatever you can to get him back to uh, as close to 100% as possible at this time of year. Uh, it was a good win and a tough physical game overall. It was. And Columbus is typically a physical team, heavier team, and, and like to play a physical style. So they did get, you know, the Bruins did come away with the four points. And like you said, Pasternak dinged up, Freddie Hurt, and then the injury bugs will continue tonight, April 5th at Detroit. 5-3 loss. Bruins looks look tired. You know, it's back-to-back nights on the road. Uh, Cassie had to move some people around because of the injuries. So you had McLaughlin back, back in the lineup. You had Nosek, you know, having been moved depth the lineup not ideal uh two two nothing lead evaporated you know the the, the red wings the red wings just looked and i even tweeted it out looked listless in the beginning of the game it looked like they didn't even want to be there and then they score a late first period goal it was a snipe it was a good goal on the screen uh but still a late first late first period goal makes it two to one changed the momentum gave the red wings some life and then it was just not it was just not a good enough effort by the bruins to beat anyone really and the red wings aren't a very good team no they're not and uh that was definitely a winnable game uh it was the second night of a back-to-back and it's tough to go on the road after a physical game like they had last night and and play another game you know the next day so definitely not easy kind of a scheduled loss if you you know you go by what you know, how that back-to-backs usually work out. But they lose Lindholm. He doesn't come out for the third at all. Uh, missed a majority of the side, or half the second anyway. So that's something to monitor going forward. And then Dwayman was an issue in this one. He he wasn't very good. The Bruins, like, doubled the shots of the Red Wings in this game. Uh, and, and they you know, the Red Wings had, like, 20-something, 20 28 shots, 25 shots, and mm-hmm. five goals. I mean, Swayman's got to be better. And he, he's been... Kind of shaky for a while now. It would be mm-hmm. nice to get both goaltenders playing well at the same time, but it really hasn't happened much of the year. It's either one of them's going and the other one's not, or the other way around. So right now, Almark's playing better, and and Swayman's kind of struggling a little bit. So that's something you need to monitor going forward. It's starting to come playoff time here, and and neither one of them has playoff experience. So the the goaltending may may be a big issue uh, moving forward. You know, we said it last week on the episode that, you know, we just didn't know what we'd get from Swayman. And we said that, you know, quite a bit in the last episode. People seem to just think it's a foregone conclusion that he'll be good or that he'll be fine. And even tonight, people are making excuses of, you know, the defense this and, you know, he can't stop that shot. And, well, you know, for crying out loud, he, he, he grabbed the puck in the, behind the net in the third period 
I don't know what the hell he was doing. He had the puck, then he turned his back to the net, then he spun around, and, and it ends up being a chance, and a pretty good one right at the top of the crease. He just doesn't look good handling the puck. He doesn't look good going laterally, side to side. He seems to be slow. He doesn't really have a feel. He doesn't come out of the net, you know, to cut down angles. He just seems to be waiting for the puck to hit him or something. He just doesn't have a lot of confidence right now. And I don't know how you can have any confidence in either Swayman or Allmark to say, okay, this guy can really stand on his head and win a game for us. So who is that guy? Is it either? I think it's more likely to be Allmark, to be honest with you. Right now, that sure. He could, that yeah. he could stand on his head and win a game for you because – Throughout the, I mean, throughout these last few games, I, I just don't see, you know, Swayman being that guy that can steal a game. And you need a goalie who's going to steal a playoff game or two or three. Like, you need that if you're going to make a long, deep run. Your team isn't going to play great hockey the whole postseason against good teams. You need your goalie to steal a game or two. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that. especially going up against some of the teams that they're going to have to go up against in their own division. Uh, with the firepower that that those teams have, you know, Florida and Toronto, they played tonight. Toronto was up five one at one point. Florida scores the first goal of the game. Toronto scores five in a row to go up five one. Florida scores the next five to take a six five lead. Toronto ties it six six. They go to overtime and Florida wins seven six. But the Bruins can't compete with that kind of firepower. They just can't. So they have to keep it out of their net and going up. Against those type of teams, you need the goalie to be able to steal games. You just do. Right. You do. And I, and I think that, like you said, I think you're going to see some high-scoring games in the Atlantic Division playoffs. I do. Because I think the all the teams are really good offenses. And, and all the teams have goalies who, you know, other than Vasilevsky, obviously, is, is good. But I don't see any of the goalies on the other teams really standing out and being a guy that's going to completely dominate a series or dominate a couple of series in a row. So you may see some real high-scoring high games. In those, in those playoffs. All right, Seven Chirps time, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them on social media, at Lops Brewing, for new beers and events. Chirp number one, John Butchergrass suggests an eight-verse-nine one-game playoff to kick off the playoffs in each conference. Do you like that idea? I love that idea. I do too. I think it's a fantastic idea. And especially since the NHL like puts almost everybody in the playoffs anyways. So what's one more game to like kind of build an excitement. It's, it's, it's a, it's a ready-made game seven, kind of like the MLB was doing and that they just got rid of, which is, you know, a mistake if you want my opinion, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, But yeah, absolutely do it in hockey. Absolutely. You get an eight, nine game. They, they have to face the top seed and, and maybe they get eliminated right away. But man, that's, uh, that's some drama and some excitement. And, and uh, I think it would be a great way to start the, uh, the postseason. It, it most definitely will. Right now, if the season ended today, you'd have the Island. <laughs> can you believe this? The Islanders at Washington uh, in the uh, Eastern conference. And you'd have Dallas at Vegas. Wow. And the uh, and one yes. game playoffs to get into that eight seed to, to get in the to playoffs. So that's that. I, I love the idea too. It worked well for the MLB. Yeah. It'll work even better for the NHL because, like you said, it's a game seven right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. 
you know, gets the blood flowing, gets, gets the excitement going. I love the idea and I think they should do it. And that's a great, that's good on Butchie for coming up with that idea for sure. Mm -hmm. Number two, are you concerned at all with David Pasternak's nagging core injury? You have to be, you have Mm -hmm. to be. When he was, what was it, through two, three years ago, he had kind of the hand, wrist, something wrong with him mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. Something right. they never kind of let on really what it was, but he had some kind of, uh, you know, upper really, body. Yeah, it was a wrist. To, yeah, something that affected his shot. Right. He couldn't really and shoot. he was he was like invisible in that playoff. Right. So you need him. And I said it earlier in the, you know, when we were talking about the game when he got dinged up, you need him to be one as close to 100% as you can get him when the playoffs start. Because like we were talking about those, some of those teams in the Atlantic have unbelievable offense and he is your offense. You know, he's the one, you know, they have some other guys who can score goals, but nobody like him. So if he's not hitting on all cylinders, they're looking at an early exit. I mean, we've talked about some guys who are kind of, irreplaceable on the team and whatnot and there's a handful of them and he's definitely one of them so you need him to be uh 100 you do and I'm, I'm concerned as well too because core injuries that could be you know a sports hernia that could be a muscle pull or tear or uh, something that just uh is affecting your core which is not very good especially when you're skating at full strength and and so forth and it gets worse and worse it's not a good thing at all and uh and it affects the power play we'll talk about the power play later but i think a big part of their issue with the power play right now is because you know if he's not 100 percent, i mean that one timer that he has is a big part of what they do on the power play so if you don't have him then that'll suffer as well so it's not not good at all uh chart number three what is your ideal third pair d i don't know after tonight Holy smokes, Riley and Forbo. You know what? I'm going. I'm going. Uh, present day Chara and Seidenberg. <laughs> <laughs> right today. Right today. Right now. I think. Couch. I think Seidenberg yeah. and Chara off their couches right now right. would be better than anything that the Bruins have thrown out there in the last handful of games. I think right. the. I think their third pair defense in the last like three, four, five games since they've tried this mixy matchy bullshit has been mm-hmm. awful. Anybody that's been in the game has been awful. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't want, I don't want Brown in there. I don't really like Riley playing his offside. Forbort's been, you know, eh, most of the season. And Connor Clifton's been eh, most of the season. So I might take an eh and an eh over a terrible. So I'm probably right now, I'm leaning towards either, you know, Riley Clifton or Forbort Clifton, depending probably on what the matchup is. And I, it pains me, believe me, it pains me to say that because Connor Clifton is not, uh, in my opinion, and starting NHL defenseman. He's a, He's a watch and then get in every once in a while defenseman. Yeah, I, I my thought on Riley, uh, and I've told, I've told you this before, is that I'd like your third pair to be like, you know, Ference McQuaid. Yes. Be like rugged guys, mm-hmm. you know, physical guys, steady. You know, keep the puck out of the net. That's your goal. Mm-hmm. And you play 12 minutes a game or whatever it is. And for that 12 minutes, you're physical. You wear, we you know, wear some people down, intimidate some people, stay in front of the net, clear the pucks out. That's it. Like, that's it. You know, a guy like Mike Riley, his skill set is offense and carry the puck and all that. I don't think you need that in the third pair. I think he'd be better suited as a second pair. And I don't think he's 
he's not he's not good enough to put in the second pair on this team. No. So he's a second pair on a bad team, to be honest, with you, a mediocre team. Right. To be honest, because I just don't think he has a skill set to be that third pair. So I'm I'm I think right now I go forward Clifton and I try it for two or three games, really give it a go. And if it doesn't work, then who the hell knows? You take you you're fucked anyway. Well, I mean, so Lindholm dinged up tonight. If he's if he's out, Forward and Riley are both going to play, and that's right. not really what you're looking for. And no one in the minors, you know, Lewington and Ashan and all these those guys aren't going to help you right now. They, they Ashan is five foot seven. You know, he's another diminutive defenseman. And for the people clamoring for him to get in there because of his shifty offensive game or whatever, is you're going to be bitching that they're getting hammered by heavier teams again in their own zone and 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 it's the same thing that you just mentioned with riley like you don't need a guy like that on your third pair if you're going to have a guy like that on your team he's going to be a top four guy who who flashes offense like you you want the third pair to be defensively sound you know pk a little bit block shots fuck people up in your own your own end you know, and, and clear pucks and bodies out from the front of the net. Ashan right. can't do that. He's minus right. fucking nine or whatever he is in in six games. <laughs> I know. You know, no, come on, folks. Yeah, he can't do that. No, he's not. He's, a, he's, he's a, not there yet. I, his own end. He's not there yet. No, he's a disaster in his own. He's, he's going to be the same issues that you've had with these with all these re- revolving door guys on the third pair. And the other thing about Riley, he doesn't kill penalties, and you can't put him on the power play because he's not your best, you know, a couple of your best offensive defensemen. So he has no special teams responsibilities. And I don't like that either. As a third pair, I want to have a penalty killer in there. You know, I want to have somebody who, like you said, block shots and that. So Riley is just a one-dimensional offensive type defenseman playing third pair. And I just don't think that helps you. I, I don't. I'm going forward Clifton now and see what the hell happens. Uh, chirp number four. If you are Jake DeBrusque with 21 goals, don't you want to stay in Boston beyond this year? I do if I'm him. And I got I to gotta get this out of the way up front. I mean, I was all over. I was pounding the, pounding the desk. You got to trade him. You got to trade him. He doesn't want to be here. You got to trade him. Well, playing his off wing on the on the first line and he's producing. So I gotta I gotta eat it. You know, my bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad, right. folks. He's been good. He's been really good since he's been up there. He's playing well. He seems to have, have found a little something with them. He's got he's got his jump. He's got his legs, uh, which is really the key to his game is mm-hmm. his skating ability, getting in on the forecheck. He's pounding bodies a little bit more. He stuck up for Martian the other night in a, in a little scrum behind the net with, a, with an unbelievable 7-10 split punch to the, both guys, the face yeah. of both guys, and they end up taking Martian for the penalty. I right. think because, uh, because he punched both of them, I think the referee thought that Martian actually hit one of the guys. So Yeah, but he's been, he's been fantastic, and, and he should be willing to stay because they, now they have him signed a couple of years. At a at a reasonable contract, four mil a season for the next two, and you know if he produces in both those years, then he's a then he's an unrestricted free agent at you know right in the prime of his career, and he can cash in. You know if he has like a you know a couple more twenty five goal seasons, he's right there. 
you know, I said this before the trade deadline. I said, if you're Jake DeBrusque, if you look at look at it with more of an open mind, and I don't know what happened. I mean, he obviously has something with Cassidy, and he didn't. He he was down, and he didn't want to be here. And I get it. Like I get that he doesn't want to be here or hasn't rescinded the trade, you know, request. I get it. But if you really take a big picture look at it, he's playing on the top line with two Hall of Famers, like he mentioned. And if he does that, if Bergeron comes back another year and he plays with Bergeron and Martian again next year, then go out and score 25 goals again. And then go out and produce again. But if he got traded to say Seattle or Arizona or some terrible team, then he doesn't produce and he gets stuck in this. I'm never reaching my potential thing on a bad team. So if you're looking at it with an open mind, like you said, got it out for two years, produce as much as you can on a good team with good players. And then you go into your next deal at 27 years old or whatever it is. And you get a four or five year deal for six, seven million a year. Yeah, Boom. I mean, if you're 25 goals, exactly, you know? exactly right. So they, they have it like that's that's the way you have to look at it. If you're Jake DeBrusque and can I say, can we say this when all is said and done? Is this like one of the most brilliant moves Don Sweeney's ever made? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. It really may shake out to be that way. So yeah. Sweeney could end up looking like an absolute genius. Right. Like DeBrus goes up to the top. He doesn't trade him. He goes up to the top line. He produces. He on, he's on pace, you know, for 20. I mean, he's 21 now. So whatever, 25, whatever you mm. want to call it. Gets four or five in the next, you know, handful of games here. Signs him to an extension that's, I mean, for crying out loud, Felino's making 3.8. He's making four and he has, you know. A thousand percent more goals. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Polino has two goals. He has he has twenty one. Do do yeah. do the math. Whatever it is, right. whatever that percentage is. So I, I I just think that it's he's in a much better position now going forward than than he would have been. So I think he, he should stick it out. Yeah, and I think if you're Don Swinney, you played this, you played your hands really really well because you had him on the top line. You said I'm not gonna. I'm not going to give him away for 50 cents on the dollar. And now next, let's say at the, he stays next year, scores 25 goals. And at the end of next year, you say, okay, now it's time to deal him. Something like that. Maybe you get a first round pick. Maybe you get a package of decent, you know, assets. So it's, uh, Interesting to see how he'll do in the postseason, how he'll do in this stretch of games against good teams. And then if he continues to do that, it's it's a brilliant move. All right, uh, chirp number five. Is it safer to have Linus Almark start game one of the playoffs? Yes. It, yes. It is. It, it, it is. is. Even though neither one of them has playoff experience, he has more NHL experience. He's mm-hmm. playing well right now, which is what you want. You want somebody playing playing well going into the playoffs. You, just don't, you don't want to hand it to a guy who's who's not playing well, you know, give him the start in game one, uh, especially if that game one is going to be against Florida or Tampa mm-hmm. or Toronto, you know, and Swayman, we've talked about this earlier in the, in the show, he hasn't performed real well against playoff teams. No, nope. uh, the Bruins as a whole haven't performed real well against playoff teams. So I, I think all those signs point to Allmark getting the start in game one. How about this? His not, not tonight because he didn't play well, but going into tonight, his goals against was like a full goal less on the road than at home. It was like two, seven, six at home, uh, Swayman. And in his nine regulation losses, not including tonight, which was his 10th, but in nine regulation losses for Swayman, his numbers are not is three, nine, nine goals against in like eight sixty two save percentage. So Yikes. when they lose, when he's in net, he doesn't play well. Like he doesn't lose one, nothing. He loses Badly. And I think Allmark is the guy you have to go with. And you know what? Cassidy's been critical about 
his goalies. Like he'll call out his goalies. We need a save there. He probably did it tonight too in the press conference. I didn't hear it, but he'll say we could use a save there. We need a save there. They certainly needed that save on that short side goal that that just can't go in. Just can't go in. Oh, the, yeah, the fourth goal that Verona scored. Oh my God, that's that that fourth goal is a killer. I mean, that's the game winner. Yeah, that's it. Like that, you can't allow that goal against a lesser team. Your team is tired, and that's what I've been talking about for weeks. Is you need a big save, and I just don't feel like he's giving the big save. Like when it looks like they might score, they score. So he doesn't come up with that ten bell save, and I'm going all mark. In game one, and then see see how it goes. I might even give Almark three games in a row here, just to see what you really have in him, and give Swayman some time off. Just doesn't look like he has any confidence right now. Trip number six, Lindholm leaves the Detroit game tonight with a lower body injury and does not return. It looked like he. I saw some video where he grabbed at his knee when he made like a. He started to skate backwards and then made a, a pivot. Looked like he grabbed at his knee just a little bit, so maybe it was there. Are the Bruins screwed if he's hurt? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. They're right back to where they were if the if he's hurt. Yeah, I mean, everybody was talking about, you know, it was a huge get, which it was. But mm. if he can't play, then uh, it's, it's, it. it's, it's, that's it. There's not yeah. a huge get anymore. There's a huge hole is what there is. Oh, my, my goodness. Can you imagine now your third pair? Now, you, now you're bumping Riley up to second pair with Carlo. Yeah. Or four-board. And you can't do four-board in Carlo. That's a disaster. It is. So it's got to be Riley Carlo, yep. and then it's Forbore Clifton, yep, and then it's Josh Brown. I mean, it's bad. It is. It is for expended period of time. All right, trap number seven. What kind of exorcism are we performing to fix the Bruins' power play, giving up late period goals, playoff injury problems, and the Bruins losing the game before we podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Do, we, do I need to set my house on fire? What, what are we doing? Know. How many hockey sticks do we have to burn for that? Like, I don't know. Like all of them? Something graphic needs to happen. Something, <laughs> something graphic. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know. They lose every time we podcast. They do. Um, they just do. They win every game up until that game, and then they lose it. It's like a streak of, of ridiculous amount of weeks. I think it's been a solid month, maybe. Oh, this is a solid month. Yeah. Where they win the two or three prior. Yeah. And then they lose the one we go. Well, I mean, we this. so they're 17-4-1 in their last 22. Right. The four, or the four and the right. one, is... Is us. Us, right before we podcast. <laughs> right. So they, so they, you know, they win their, you know, three or four, and then they lose, and then they win the three or four, and then they lose, and then win the three or four, and they lose. That's well, how you get you to what, 17 four. You, you I have to look back at this, but their Tuesday night record must be fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> it must be terrible. Yeah, folks, go on to bet you, <laughs> go on to bet US. Tell you what, if the Bruins play on a Tuesday night, all the money in your life savings the on, the, on the other team. Yeah. Tonight it was, Detroit was getting a goal and a, a, goal and a half. There you go. That's easy money. I mean, I, I should seriously start doing that. I should start, I should start, I should start betting yeah, against, against the Bruins. Us. Are we like Pete Rose when we do that? Yeah. Are we betting against us? Yeah. yeah. Bet with them for the rest of the week, just on Tuesdays when we right. podcast. Right. we got to go right. against. Right. Yeah. Against the green. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And they have, uh, let's see, who they have before we go on? St. Louis at home. Well, that's a loss. So uh, that'll be great. All right. Time for the Whipping Boys. Let's check in with them. Come 
Well, Trent Frederick is hurt. He was hurt against Columbus, didn't return to that game, missed tonight's game against Detroit. So we'll see what uh, how long Freddie will be out, but he had to miss the Detroit game, and uh, he was taken off that line. And uh, who was it that played on that line? Felino. Felino, that's right. Felino Coyle-Smith, who you said last week you'd like to see in the playoffs Felino over Frederick because he's a veteran and you know maybe he gets going with Coyle and Smith. Uh, so that's the first time we saw that, but no Freddie tonight. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. I, I didn't get to see much of much of that with how Felino looked because it seemed like they were mixing and matching too a little bit. So it was kind mm-hmm. of different guys with different guys. Called for a tough penalty. Felino, I'm telling you, he just doesn't have it. Yeah, he I think he doesn't I, have it. Yeah, I think like, it right. looks like David Back is 2.0. It's just like, oh, God. Like, he just doesn't have it. And I don't know what they saw or if that was a knee-jerk reaction or if that was something they really thought that he would come on and, and you know, give them some good bottom six minutes. But he just is a shell of his former self. Yeah, I he think they thought play. coming off of the – if he was healthy from the injury, he would – you know, right. give them some jam and some toughness and some right. kind of some of the elements to to their game that they lack a little bit and some leadership and so forth. And uh, you know, I was all gung ho for it. I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good signing if he if he has anything left. But it it doesn't appear that he does. No, uh, so that's too bad. My whipping boy is Connor Clifton, and and I'll tell you what, I'm kind of wishing he was playing lately. <laughs> yeah, we, so he, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I like to beat the hell out of the guy. Don't get me wrong, but he offers more than what they've been getting recently. So mm. um, that's yeah. all. <laughs> that, yeah. As Forrest Gump would say, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, okay, beauties and benders for this week, and we'll start with the uh, beauties. And my three beauties, number three, Taylor Hall, who has now twenty, I think it's twenty-two points in the last twenty-three games or something like that. Yeah. So he has uh, been very good, an excellent pass, to Eric Haller, for a goal tonight. And Taylor's been just really, really good. And I think that it's really comes down to. He doesn't have to be the main guy. Mm-hmm. And he's on a second line with a very good player in Parsonak. And Eric Hall has been been excellent, a good faceoff guy. You know, he's he's really produced. And Hall is just able to go out and just to use his skills and not have to score 50 goals and hear about that all day. And uh, he's really turned out to be a really good passer, like a really good playmaker type, which I didn't think he had in him. He's actually, I believe he's going into tonight's game. I believe it was tied with Bergeron for third in the team in points. He's shot right up there. I think he's up at, you know, around 50 points now, maybe yeah. slightly higher than that. So he's had a really good, really good year. And, and certainly, you know, since January one, when they, when they made the switch to put pasta with those guys, uh, mm. You know, they've all kind of taken off. And I'll tell you, that trade and that re-signing is one of Sweeney's great moves. Absolutely. I mean, my goodness, like, that is stealing. Bjork and a second-round pick is just, and then get Lazar with him, mm. it's just ridiculous. Yep. And then to sign him for, you know, $6 million a year is, I mean, he's an excellent $6 million player right now. Mm-hmm. So that's that was great. Number two, Eric Halla. Eric Halla has been just Tremendous scored again tonight, and I and I've been one of the guys who said they need a second line center. I was one of the guys who who didn't believe in Eric Haller, even though he had that good year in Vegas. But I thought that was more of the anomaly, and that was a few years ago. So I didn't think he had it in him. I really thought it would be a downfall of this team. But the more he plays, the more I don't. I'm guessing it's not going to be an issue. To be honest, I mean he's been great. 
He has been. Yeah, yeah. There's really nothing. There's really nothing you can complain about in his game right. since yeah. since he's been put in that spot. He's done nothing wrong. Like literally right. nothing wrong. Right. Right. <laughs> he was earlier in the year he was taking penalties. Yeah. And doing this and that. And he thought, oh Jesus, you know. But lately, my goodness, he's been everything a second line center should be. Absolutely. Uh, and then number one, Jake DeBrusque. And DeBrusque, twenty-one goals, projecting to about twenty-five, and just just being dynamic on the right wing and playing great hockey and being engaged, being physically engaged, just a completely different player. And, and I'll say this, and I've always thought this about DeBrusque. No one likes to score goals more than Jake DeBrusque. No, Sully season. Oh my, yes. And it's, and it's almost to a fault because when I think he doesn't score for three, four, five, six games, that's when his attitude and his whole demeanor and self-esteem go down into the basement. Like yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, it affects him. Yeah, I think it does. it does. I think it affects it him. Does. And and the pandemic affected him. He he it said did. as much. So, yeah. I mean, maybe, and, you know, you could debate it, I suppose, but, like, he had his, his really good year right before the pandemic, 27. And mm-hmm. then since the pandemic stuff happened, bad, bad, and now the pandemic's kind of, hopefully, knock on wood, kind of right. ending, and he's back to producing and playing well again so yeah. may, i mean maybe it's just all kind of a state of mind uh confidence uh personal <laughs> connection right. with the other teammates whatever it is but it right. seems like he needs to be around the guys he needs that energy he needs yeah. the he needs the goals he needs to kind of feed off all of that stuff to uh to to be the best he can be yeah and, and good for him that he has been able to do that absolutely so my three beauties I'm starting with number three, and number three is Josh Brown. Because, wow, what a sweet pass to Bjorkstrand. <laughs> if, if, if he's going to make outlet passes like that, Charlie McAvoy better watch out for the number one right, oh, right pair team, man. I mean, so did you right. see that? That was oh, fucking yeah. tape to tape. Like, oh. boom, here you go, walk oh. in and score. It was yeah. like he was on his own team. Yeah, it was like the one that Brislik had earlier in the day. He just fired it right in the guy's <laughs> tape, and he, he scored. It was, like, perfect. I yeah. mean, just absolutely him. unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, beauty, Josh Brown. Nice job. Mm. Uh, number two, I have a real defenseman, Charlie McAvoy, who has a career high in points this season with 50. Wow. And uh, he had six assists this week, playing a ton of minutes, all situations. I think the uh, arrival of Lindholm has really set him loose in the offensive zone. He seems much more active offensively, jumping up in plays and and moving around the zone more, laying some unbelievable hits. Just uh, an overall, you know, stud playing unbelievable hockey when he needs to be uh, going into the uh, to the latter half of the of the season and into the playoffs. Number one, I have Charlie Coyle. Just some unbelievable puck possession shifts in like the last couple of games. Yeah. Like just holding guys on. Like he did it to Dylan Larkin tonight. Like Larkin thought he had an angle on him and he just kind of tried to ride him into the boards. <laughs> and Coyle just kind of held him off, kept the puck, shoved it down the wall a little further. Like he's just, he's so good at possessing the puck down low and holding guys off. And and now he's producing well too with, with Smith and, and Frederick before he, the injury so he had a a goal and a couple of assists and he just he's been playing just real well in that in that role as the third line center and and that line as a whole just possessing the puck down low and and causing havoc and just being a big body that that is uh tough to handle he looks like the auger sometimes he does he just, just holds guys off yeah sticks just, his ass out 
just holds it and holds it and holds it. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, but uh, Charlie Coyle's had a really good year, and they needed it from him. You know, that that reminds me of the Jake DeBrus thing. I had him for 25 goals on the predictions. I was going to mention that earlier, but I, I thought did. I would let you do it. Beginning of the year, 25 goals I had him at. You did. If he gets 25, we're going to have some sort of celebration Yeah. after the exorcism. <laughs> yeah, we have burnt some, some, some sticks. <laughs> right. It's we celebrate. Around yeah. We cut off. <laughs> yeah. Dancing around. We so almost named, if they had won tonight, we would have named the episode. We're going streaking, and we could have done some streaking. Yeah. We could have celebrated. We could have yeah. roasted some marshmallows over the sticks we were burning. Oh, could, yeah. have been a, could have been a real big thing, but instead it's the Motown letdown. <laughs> no, no, but McAvoy, no streaks. We, we talked about this too with McAvoy. In order to be a Norris candidate, you've got to get into that 50, 60 point thing. And he did. My only concern about McAvoy coming into the year was that he'd never really put up, you know, good off, you know, good enough offensive numbers to really stand out as a top defenseman because that's part of it. Even though, even if you don't think it is, it is. It is. So, absolutely. And I was concerned that he wouldn't be that type of guy, but mm-hmm. he, he obviously has shown that he can be. And, and now sky's the limit for him. Bender's time. Number three bender for me, the Riley Forbort pairing. Face, you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. My God, Forbort. I don't know if he went for a hit or he let a guy get inside him. And then the two on one pass, Riley comes over with no real purpose. <laughs> and the puck goes in the net. I mean, it was just that bad pair. And then Riley, the goal before that, just standing in front of the net. And whoever the puck gets, enters into where he is, and he just doesn't react to it. And it's just, it banged in for a goal. Like, it just wasn't a great night for that pairing at all. Uh, number two, Jeremy Swayman. Face, you're a Neo Maxi Zoom dweeby. Sway is now off the Calder Trophy list. <laughs> yeah, I would say and, so. You know, he may be now off the starter list as well. He just has been on a somewhat steady decline here as far as his, his goaltending. Uh, started with his puck, his rebound control. Now it's his puck control with the puck. And now it's his angles, and it's he just seems to be lost. And then number one, Bender for this week. The Columbus Blue Good Jack is players and fans. Face, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Brad Roshan with a, just a tremendous hockey hit, like just a perfect shoulder-to-chest just blowout of a guy just drilled him it's a hit that is part of hockey needs to be part of hockey and so forth and the fans and players were clamoring for a penalty Voracek got a 10 minutes misconduct for be, for just screaming and yelling and swearing at the official it was just you know it's complete overreaction of course it's Marshan well that's the thing so that's part of it is that's part that's of it he doesn't get a hearing and rightfully so yeah uh, because it was a clean hit it was, it was a Doozy of one. Oh, it was a phenomenal yeah, was a hit. Phenomenal he he hit. blew the guy up, and then yeah. and then the guy kept coming back back at him all night long. And I yeah. tweeted out during the game, I'm like, Pete kind of sucks, huh? Like <laughs> he does. <laughs> he he kind of does. Kind of yeah, sucks. He, he really does. All right, so my three uh, benders. Uh, I'm going to start with the third pair defense as a whole. Face, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. Yeah, like I said before, it doesn't matter really who you put there. I mean, if you put uh, Chara and Seidenberg there now, I mean, they probably stink too. Even if it was the cup run team, it just seems like whoever is on that third pair uh, just isn't very good right now. So uh, they, they need to do something to figure it out, and hopefully it's the, it's the right decision. Number two, Bender, is the end-of-period defense. Face, you're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. The end of the period defense is atrocious, and it has been most of the season, if not all season. It seems like now every single game 
at least once during the game in an end of period situation, in the last you know minute or two of the of the end of the period, they will give up a goal. Like it's almost automatic now. So like mm-hmm. you just you just, you could just you could bet on that. Say which which end of period will the Bruins give up a goal late? First, second, or third? Because right. it'll right. it'll happen. I mean, they the will. odds of the odds are good. It'll happen. They they they're if they're not the worst team in the league, I think they're tied for the worst. So it's it's a, something that they're going to need to correct and fast. Right. The stat is twenty four goals. I think they're including empty netters there. Okay. But it's seventeen if you're not including empty netters. Right. Yeah. Seven. It was sixteen right. going into tonight. They gave one up tonight. Yeah. Right. So and it's twelve since March first when when Trevor Zegers scored that goal late to beat them. In Anaheim, that started the whole... 12 since March 1st. So 12 12 in a month? Yes. I mean, so pretty much every game, they're giving one up. Pretty much every game. Fucking A. I know it. Got to clean that shit up. It's infuriating. Uh, And the number one uh, bender is the NHL officiating. Face it. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. It just blows my mind. Like, every single night, I'm saying, wow, these guys suck. Wow, these guys are awful. I get tired of it because I don't like to beat on the officials all the time. Right. It's 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 not something, and it seems like it's something that I do all the time, but it's not something I want to do all the time. Like I don't no. want to beat on the officials all the time. But you watch a game and you're like, how could they possibly call this a penalty? Or how could you come away from looking at that and be like, oh, yeah, that's we completely nailed that one. Like, we, no, we got that 100% right. 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 Like, how do you watch a review and then you're like, no, there wasn't a high stick? Dude, you're reviewing it because there was a high stick. You right. can't say there wasn't a high stick. You could say, yeah, it's inconclusive. You know, it didn't show that he hit the puck with a high stick. His stick was up there, though. Like, you can't just, you, can, you, you can't say no high stick. Like, the whole world saw that it was up there. I mean, that's just semantics, but it's just an example of they're not willing, it doesn't seem to me, if they review something that they themselves have called, they don't, they don't want to change they're it. They don't want to change it. No. They don't want to change it. But, you know, the other leagues. The other night. Right. Where the Bruins got the goal call, where they changed it, where I was stunned. Yeah. they never do that. Right. They never change it. So it just it just seems to me the other leagues have gotten to the point now where the officials are willing to review something and get the call correct. All we're trying to do is get it correct. And I don't think the I don't think the NHL officials have gotten to that point yet. I don't think no, they I have. Think so. I don't think so. And and I would be a, a proponent of look review across the board has just become this cumbersome. Oh, I hate review. I hate it. That just makes the game just grind to a halt. But I will say this: with all the technology and how quickly, if if the NFL can review every touchdown in two seconds before the extra point, like you can review something very quickly. Like I I would almost just hit the horn and be like, hey, you know, dude, that that's not a penalty. Like, that's it, a phantom yeah, I mean ball. if. I don't think there should be anything reviewable other than goals, honestly. Right. Unless it's there's like a plays in yeah, every league. Or, or like yeah, let, uh, like a puck goes out of play or something and comes back in right. a play. Somebody score like it should be scoring right. plays. Buds down like college football or something. Give the NHL referee a buzzer on the ice. Like something right. happens, they buzz them. You stop, yeah. you know, before you start to face off at center ice and you and you review it. And it would be not from the guy on the ice. It right. would be somebody else that's reviewing right. it. You hit the siren when the when the puck goes in and they don't see it. You hit the siren mid-play 
and that, that type of situation. Yeah, sometimes you get a siren yeah. if something happens. They right. they buzz it if there's a clock problem or something. Yeah, right. I mean, you could do that. Yeah. I mean, right now, for Christ, yeah. for the offsides, they let them play for fucking three minutes, and then know, and then if something and happens, then they back. yeah, they, you go yeah. all the way back. So I mean, uh, you could do that even. But it, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to get all all over replay, but I hate it. I think. I think it should be scaled way back in all the sports because I think it's right. a. I think it's just you have to have the human element in there, and mm. and I would rather just go with that, go with the calls, and you know people are pissed either way now, even with replay. Oh, right. you replayed it, but you really didn't see what really happened. So like people right. are gonna be pissed either way. Either so way. just yeah. just let the let the games have more of a flow. Let the officials make the call and just ride with it. In theory, it made all the sense in the world. Right. But they've been but every sport hasn't managed to screw it up. And and the thing is, is that the officiating, I believe, I believe the officiating has gotten worse because of review. It's in the back of their head or it has changed the way they the officiate games. Absolutely. So now yes. It's made it worse. So I think it's actually made the human part of it worse. I think you're right. I say take it the hell away. All of it. Yeah. Take it away. And then if it's a scoring play, fine. And you can hit a horn and say, look, that puck went in. Well, that's a touchdown. Oh, that's a, you know, it's just simple. But I think it's, uh, I think a lot of it has to go away too. I agree. All right. Top seven Bruins Benders podcast power rankings. Number seven, the Pittsburgh Penguins drop one spot. They're at 92 points. Number six, lo and behold, even after the Motown letdown, (laughs) the Bruins are back in. This is the highest ranking all year. Six. With 93 points, they're 17-4-1 in the last 22. And you would think that the that the world was coming to it. Yeah. Yeah. The way we talk, I mean, well, they lose every goddamn thing. We can't come in with any kind of good attitude. I know every time with any energy, it's always like, well, it started well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Number five, the Rangers drop a spot, but they have 96 points. The Toronto Maple Leafs blew a lead tonight in a big way. Blew a four goal lead. Uh, They go up three spots, 96 points. Austin Matthews leads the league with 54 goals. He ties Rick Vive in his uh, that neck brace he used to wear <laughs> yeah. uh, for a franchise record with 54 goals. He's had an unbelievable year. Certainly has. Number three, Carolina's dropped a spot, 98 points. The Florida Panthers up a spot, 104 points. They've won five in a row, hot as a firecracker. Mm-hmm. And number one, staying at number one, that Colorado Avalanche have been one for a while, 106 points. Yeah, I mean, they're a they're an absolute yeah. wagon. They are. So let's, let's test out the bottom three Bruins Benders power less ranking. These teams are wagons with no wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming in at number 30, your New Jersey Devils. They got spanked by the Bruins 8-1 uh, earlier in the week. They're 2-7-1 and one in their last 10. Mm. So they are uh, not doing well. And uh, number 31, your Arizona Coyotes are minus 77 goal differential. That... Oof. Is not good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Number 32. Yo, Montreal Canadiens with a minus 84 goal differential. Oh, isn't that disgusting? Minus oh, 84 terrible. means, right? We haven't even played 84 games yet. So that means you're no. losing all of your games by at least a goal. By at least a goal. At least a goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, we haven't played 84, so it's more than a goal, really. It's more than that. But yeah. Yeah. So you're losing about 70. So yeah, you're losing all your games by a goal and change over the course of a season. That's hard to do. That's that is, and they've had some. They've had some nine to twos, yeah, to nothing. Yeah, they have some stinkers for sure. Hey, the week ahead for the Bruins, and it gets tougher. I think there's nine games against playoff teams out of the last twelve. 
April 8th yeah. at Tampa Bay. April 10th at Washington. April 12th, home against St. Louis. So those are three playoff teams. And three teams, they have a history that is unkind. Correct. So, so that's not good. No. And two of them on the road. So, so that, but is, Axel, yeah. so they beat Tampa the last time they played them, and they've they they've done pretty well against Washington since Holtby left there. So True. there's a possibility, but those games are both on the road, but there's a possibility they could win those. Uh, St. Louis, what, that's next Tuesday, so that's an L. Because we're because we're we're broadcasting, yeah. so yes. that I mean that's an L. Yeah, pencil that one in now, folks. Yeah. Next yeah. Tuesday, home against St. Louis is yeah. a loss. That's a loss. Yeah. So go to Bet US and rake in the dough on that one. <laughs> yeah. You have that. You have our blessing. Bruins Benders podcast poll this week on Twitter. Give us a follow at Bruins Benders. And what is your ideal third defensive pairing for the NHL Bruins? And here are the choices: Forbort Riley, Riley Clifton. Forbort Clifton, Riley Brown, and Forbort Riley get 50% of the 80 votes. They get 40 votes. Wow. Wow, and they got destroyed tonight. Uh, Riley Clifton, 11%. Uh, Forbort Clifton, who we said 5%. That's what I, I think I voted. I think I voted for that. So I'm one of the few votes for that one. 5%. And then Riley Brown, 34%. Because people have this. I saw it all over Twitter tonight. Get Brown back in there. What what made you believe <laughs> that Brown would be any type of band-aid for this friggin' hell? Oh my God. But look at that passing. Tape to tape, kid. Oh, I know. Tape to tape. Tape to yeah. tape, kid. If he does it to the same <laughs> uniform, we, then we cook it with gas. Uh, uh, one guy one guy, one guy just responded, you have Riley in there three times, so I'm out on this vote. <laughs> uh, that guy, yeah, we need to yeah. follow him. We need Understood. To Understood. Yeah. Uh, That's a good yeah, call. So that was our poll. So, so uh, check us out. Their rate and review for charity. Uh, $1 to Bruins Foundation for every rate and review on Apple and every any rating on Spotify. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. It's getting warmer out. Grab yourself a t-shirt, prance around the beach for that some bitch on. Yeah, maybe we'll get some yeah. tank tops or some Speedos. Oh, yeah. Get some Bruins <laughs> Bender Speedos out there. Yeah. Get, get the, the midriff. Yeah, we'll, we'll either throw a logo on the ass for you or maybe, you know, something right over the genitals. <laughs> get a little Bruins Benders right over, cover up that pecker of yours. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fantastic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to go. Those are flying off the shelves. There's no doubt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah nice yellow cool. spandex, banana oh, colored. No, no good shit right there. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Bat Bruins Benders. We're on Instagram, TikTok, even though I don't know what to do with that one. <laughs> Facebook. Subscribe to YouTube. Download the Inside the Rink app. It's great to be able to have you on again this week. <laughs> hey, we will be back again next week. Hey, have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.